This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. Yeah, let's do it right now. What you need to know is being brought to you by Morago Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Andy Kamenetsky is in today for Shidano. Shidano. By the way, Shidano is calling a football game right now on ESPN. Number 22 Miami at halftime is leading Bethune-Cookman 34-0. to zero. We're going to learn if Sedano can vamp. Yeah, right. Right now, because there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> right, we're going to find out how much homework George was able to do between trying to do the radio show, dealing with his mom and her broken hip, trying to find exactly where, uh, what assisted living place she's going to live in, deal with the fried chicken lunch that she didn't like that he thought was delicious. I mean, my man Sedano's got to work well, You know now. what, though? Th- these are the things that you use to fill the fourth quarter yep. of a blowout. Like, these are the things right. you talk about. You bring right. your life into it. Right. You're like, hey, Miami's up 56 to nothing. Uh, glad I don't have to go far when the game's over because I'm here helping my mom because she broke her hip and I got to get her in an assisted living facility. And by but, the way, uh, have you tried the fried chicken at right. this assisted living facility? Phenomenal. It Second is Second and seven for Bethune-Cookman. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, obviously, best wishes to the Sedano family dealing yes. with all this. So much love. My man has been dealing with a lot. All week long, man. So we've been trying to make his life a little bit easier for him. All right, Laura, what do we got? What do we need to know? All right, guys. Well, other people that are going to be dealing with a lot as well are California students. So California State University trustees on Wednesday, so yesterday, approved a 6% annual tuition increase for the next five years. There was It was met with strong opposition, but of course it was still passed. And listen, as someone who went to a Cal State school, it is significantly cheaper mm-hmm. than going to a USC or, you know, other of these private schools. But a lot of the people that go to these schools already have a hard time paying for schools and having access to the money and all the things that they need to get to these schools. So uh, I was reading a few articles about this, and one of them said that a full-time student, undergrad student, will see a tuition increase of $342, which will uh, make tuition over $6,000. And by 2028-2029 school year, it'll be almost $8,000. So in the grand schemes, people are like, it's not that much. It's a little bit, you know, 6% isn't a dramatic increase. But again, for students that are working two jobs, that don't have the funds to just go to a private school and maybe don't have the funds or the financial aid, that is a significant amount of money that is being raised. Well, one possible way to help yourself out with the tuition if you're one of these students, Mason and Ireland are hosting a poker tournament at Commerce Casino on Saturday, September 30th. There will be a $5,000 cash prize pool and the (laughs) buy-in absolutely free. So you got nothing to lose. (laughs) Just possibly five grand towards your tuition. Go to ESPNLA.com. Register today. Hey, Nicely way done. to get that line in there, yes. Andy. That no, was really I consider well myself Come the king your of tuition seg. With Mason and Ireland. I'm the king of seg. No, I you know, but I, 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 no buy-in? No buy-in. That's dope. Yeah. That pays for, like, you know, that pays for a lot of your tuition if you win. Yes, it does. You know, this this whole tuition thing, you say it's it's uh, California State Universities? Yes, the, the, CSUs. Yeah. Um, I know, man. I'm, I got one left. I'm down to one. I know, Cab. You, and is she going to, um, you know I where think, she's going? I think her kind of one and two right now is Cal Poly. 
Okay. And hey, let's go. I've got I'm my, a my daughter's let's bestie. Go. My daughter's bestie, uh, her older brother, just started at Cal Poly. Loves it there. Yeah, we went up there and visited, and it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful great, campus. Great campus. Yeah. Bad football team, unfortunately. Yes, yes. Really nice facilities, though. And like Avila and Pismo, shout out Central Coast. They're right there, the 805 in the house. So, I mean, it's really a great place. Otherwise, maybe UC Davis, maybe? Oh, that's a beautiful school. I don't know, man. I just can't take anybody leaving the state anymore. I'll tell you that right <laughs> well, now. Well, listen, Cap, Cap you got to convince her. I got to help you convince her. 909 Cal Poly, it is a beautiful campus, depending on what she want to do. Well, she's into like recycling and like agriculture. Gardening, and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that that's a perfect school yeah. for her. I think she'll do great there. You're, you know, up here in LA a lot now, so I'm just saying. Cap, you say it could the nine oh nine, huh? I gave him the eight oh five. I gave him, but now it's the, it's the nine oh nine, huh? Wait, what? Well, Cal Poly Pomona is nine oh nine. No, I'm talking Cal Poly. Oh slow. no. Yeah, no, Cal Poly slow, one. dog. No. Yeah, that's the Cal Poly. Well, there's there's two polys. I know, but I'm going to. I think she's going to slow. I no. hope. Hope she's going to slow. Here I thought nine oh nine. Never no. mind. Eight oh five in the house. You know what? Whatever. Central Coast. Go out of the state, girl. Go out <laughs> of the state. Make your daddy pay. It's gorgeous up there. It's slow though. Wow. Yeah, spending <laughs> Kathy's <laughs> money at either place. No, they Hey, we, we, Beto Duran said to my daughter who goes to Tulane, he goes, he goes, you better be nice to your father. He goes, you know how much it costs to go to Tulane? And she in the back seat said immediately, just like this, Andy, she goes, I got lots of scholarships, boy. Nice. <laughs> I have that drop somewhere. Definitely she really kid. did. Yeah. She told Beto, I got all these scholarships, boy. Boy. Not, not to mention she got two jobs. I go. was we I was honestly she should very the, shocked. She should enter the poker tournament. Because yeah, really. Cappy makes them sound like very bratty kids, and when you speak to them, it was like, whoa, what? No, I, I met whoa. Cappy's Tulane daughter just once. She was lovely. Yeah, she was oh, great. Great. I tell her, I go, I go. Listen, I go. They, there's a a report that says that kids who work in college are like five times more successful than kids that don't work while in college. Now, I don't know if it's really true or if I just made I that up, but true. I've sold her on that, and that's why she's working while in college. Dang, did you and my parents speak? Because they sold me on that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's what you need to know. It's being brought to us by Morago Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So, uh, Andy, earlier today, we all discussed this, um, this situation between the coach at Colorado State and primetime Deion Sanders mm -hmm. at Colorado. And I've been looking a little bit, not much. I haven't gotten into the circle of trust too much today. But I did see somebody rip my ass Whoa! on Instagram. Oh. Yeah, somebody just ripped me on Instagram because, of because listen, you have any opinion you want to have. All I'm saying to you is, is that Coach Prime is like an easy target now. And I say easy target. It's like if there are certain media members that have made their career by being anti-LeBron. You know, like they knew LeBron was a big star. I'm either going to hitch my wagon to LeBron and be pro-LeBron or I'm going to be the anti-LeBron I can guy. think of one in particular. A lot of guys, like myself included, we're now all completely consumed with Coach Prime. I mean, first take with Stephen A. and Shannon, those dudes are taking the show to Colorado to do first take tomorrow. No, oh, he is the story of college football at the moment. Long season, it could shift. Colorado's going to have to keep winning games. But right now, they are the biggest story. And I don't, I don't even think it's that close. Well, this guy comes on to my Instagram. And the, I took a picture the other day of my downtown crib, the East Central. And this guy comes on to my Instagram to hit me up to say, 
I am way off about Norval. It's his culture. It's how he was brought up, and you sound like a little D-bag. Whoa. You hear that? D-bag. Yeah. Oh, no. I know what that stands for. Oh, you do? Because yes, I don't I even do. know what the D stands for. <laughs> oh, you don't? No. I don't think I can say it. No, okay. we can't. Okay. So, listen. Bleep you, dude. Doritos. No, no, Bleep listen. You. It's okay. It's all right. Listen. I got you, Cap. So, I got some you. Peop- some people think, some people think that when I meet another guy or another woman, an- another adult, I want to show them respect, take your hat off. That shows a sign of respect. Take your sunglasses off, look them in the eye, shake their hand, big old firm handshake, and that's the way you show another person respect. And what this coach was saying, this coach Norville from Colorado State, essentially is that that's the way his mom taught him, but that's not the way Deion Sanders acts. Therefore, based on his values, Deion Sanders not a respectful guy. That's his opinion. I mean, look, Deion Sanders has been polarizing his entire career going back to FSU. And, you know, there are a lot of different reasons for that. But one of them, it's not the only one, but one of them is I think Dion likes being polarizing. He likes to spark a reaction. He likes being the center of your attention, the center of conversation. It's something Dion has always liked. You know, and there, again, there are other reasons, racial, cultural, that some people don't like Deion Sanders, that he'll rub certain people the wrong way. But Dion has always been somebody willing to rub you the wrong way. And there's a method to his madness. But as far as the idea of the respect of taking off your hat, taking off your sunglasses, if you're going to talk to an adult, interview setting, whatever, to me what matters is, does Dion treat the person interviewing him respectfully, regardless of what he's wearing? Because you can take the sunglasses and hat off and be just as disrespectful. Well, how like, about what he did to Ed Werger after the first game? Are you a believer now? Oh, no, 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 no. I read what you know. Are you a believer look, now? No, I won't have you say another word. You can't say anything. I'm up here. I've got the microphone. Are you a believer or not a believer? I mean, that wasn't respectful, was well, it? Well, I, I don't know. I actually think that got kind of overblown and misinterpreted by some people. How like, so? Because, I, well, first of all, like the idea of whether or not you're supposed to be rooting for Dion as right. a media member or not, I don't think Dion was saying you're supposed to be rooting for him. Believing in that you can believe in his team without rooting for the team, right? But do you have to be? Does he have to? You have to believe in the team well, he for had, him to even he give had, you a, an answer. Look, he had her. He had heard, and maybe I don't know if Ed Werder was somebody who had. And they've got a relationship going back to when Dion was a Cowboy, and like you know, Ed Werder has covered the Cowboys forever. I don't know if their relationship was good or not. I have no idea. But D- Dion heard a lot of people saying that once he got to the bigger time as a coach with Colorado, that a lot of the Dion and a lot of like the charisma, you know, in a lot of people's minds that have gotten in this far, that's not going to translate at the next level. Oh, it's more than translated. But I I think that's what Dion's referring to. Like the idea of, do you believe in what we're doing? Which to be clear, you can root against Dion and still believe in it. Yeah, but you don't have to preach your belief to him. Of course you don't. But here's the thing. But he's also keeping eyes on him, which is what he wants. Right, but other college football coaches don't like what he's done. They don't, they have don't to like, like it. the fact that he walked through the door, he pretty much booted everybody, he brought in 87 new guys, and he's already won these two games, and he has become the superstar and, frankly, the epicenter of college football. And 
His colleague at Colorado State doesn't like it, so he knocks the guy. And you know what? As Dion said to his team, now it's personal. Yep. Now it's personal. Which is what he wanted. Yep. All right, coming up next, Blake Harris, our Dodger insider. What are the Dodgers going to do for arms? And is Mookie Betts about to become a pitcher? Let's talk to Blake about this next. This is Sedano and Cap. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks, Chris. And I had to come in with this one from NSYNC. That's that new jam. Isn't this really just Justin Timberlake and then he let all of his old NSYNC buddies be in? That's what I'm saying. I mean, kind of. This is my rejoin... Calm down. You had a lot to say about how this was just JT, but let me bask in this moment, sir. Okay? My 10-year-old, 11, 12-year-old self is very happy to see these grown-ass men that are not as cute as I thought they were once, but they are (laughs) putting their music out. So I am very excited about them. Even though it's not like an actual single for NSYNC, it is for the Trolls movie. But you know what? Let me have my little moment, Tyler. Okay? Let me have my little moment. I mean, listen, I, I just remember when I was a kid, and uh, Michael Jackson went on tour with his brothers. But by this time, Michael Jackson was like a monster superstar all by himself. And all the brothers were like, what about us? And Michael was like, I'm sorry. I don't know. You know, and then and then they were like, well, come on, Mike. And then Michael was like, OK, fine. All right, we'll do one tour together because everybody loves me and nobody knows who you guys are anymore. Oh, so wow. I'll, just, I'll just put you guys on I my mean, back. Listen. I still think that if NSYNC would really come back, do a re- maybe not a reunion tour, because like I said, you know, I saw the guys. I'm like, damn, okay, maybe y'all can't do everything y'all used to do. But at least an album, that would be, whew. it's like the but boy band crazy. I don't think Timberlake would want to do it. Oh, he doesn't like, have to. The, again, this is self-serving because it works for the Trolls franchise, yeah. which is, you know, his big thing. And that, right. that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I doubt it. He wants to do a full album and a full tour. Oh, dude. Yeah, I mean, again, you don't need he, listen, hey, guys, hey, guys, I'm the one who became a big star. I'm the guy who got extremely rich and famous on all these different kinds of platforms. I'm sorry you guys didn't. I'll help you guys out a little bit. I'll let you touch me, you know? <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, like, I, mean, I was can, like bobbing. I was like, wait, what yeah, did shake he just hands, say? You, know, I, you can touch my greatness. Oh, my God. It's a very record yeah. scratch. Like rubbing off, like <laughs> the needle rubbing scratching off the, off the record. That is not what anybody thought about when you said that. I'm I just did. saying. Anyways, Blake. All right, Blake Harris is here. He's our Dodger Awkward insider. Awkward transition to Blake Harris. Yeah, sorry, Blakey. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Balake. How you doing, buddy? 
What a transition. I never thought I'd come on and we're talking about uh, sync and uh, Justin Timberlake, what, touching them. And, yeah, now it, I'm on cue. <laughs> no, them, letting them touch Justin Timberlake. In other words, Justin oh, Timberlake, okay. no, Justin Timberlake gotcha. has become ultra, ultra rich and famous. The other guys from NSYNC have become, you know, they've gone back to regular life. So what Justin Timberlake is saying is, okay, guys, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to let you touch this greatness because I went on without you guys, and I feel like I owe you guys, and maybe he does a little bit, and he's setting these guys up for a little while, don't you think? Yeah, I, I feel that. I'm not much of an end sinker. I don't even know if that's the proper definition, but my girlfriend, she stands by it that uh, it's not just in Timberlake that should have been the famous one. It should have been, uh, I think, JC. JC. JC, yeah. She says JC should be the one. So maybe this is JC's, uh, maybe this is his redemption tour. Maybe he finally gets the spotlight. He doesn't right. want it. He doesn't, huh? Oh, well. So he doesn't want to touch JT then. All right. I guess not. Uh, I guess not. Hey, Blake. Blake didn't get any less awkward. I know, it's weird. Blake, um, you think Justin Timberlake can pitch because the Dodgers look like they're out of arms? What are they going to do? Try Walk us through what the Dodgers might be able to put together in terms of a pitching staff as we get down to these last 15 games and go into the postseason. Yeah, so the beauty with this point in the season is the fact that the Dodgers have pretty much clinched the NOS. I think their magic number is like four. So essentially the last three weeks don't really matter because you haven't clinched up. See what you can get from guys. Obviously, you have a number of rookies who they're given chances to. You have a number of guys that, like a Ryan Yarbrough, he got a start the other day. Maybe you're going to have to rely on him. The Dodgers called up a rookie, Kyle Hurt, the other night. The Dodgers have three weeks to essentially audition as many different arms as they want to see, okay, come October, who can we trust starting games? Who can we trust coming out of the bullpen? Because as of right now, I think there's only one arm you could trust in that starting rotation. I think there's maybe only three or four you could trust in the bullpen at the moment. First of all, uh, to clarify really quick, the arm that you trust, is that Bobby Miller or you think well, it's someone different? Yeah. Yeah, it's Bobby Miller because obviously with Clayton Kershaw, he's a question mark with his injury. Uh, Lance Lynn, he's a question mark because I think he allows his home run, as many home runs as Scott would allow if he took the mound. Mm. And again, all the other guys the are a bunch of rookies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your, I, I, command, your command might be a little bad. You know what the thing is, and I, I know it's not a popular thing to say, um, but I will just say it anyway. The guy who just is just irritates the hell out of you, you just can't help it, is what Julio Urias did to this team. Seriously, and, and, and I should be thinking the other way, which is what he did to this girl, allegedly. But what he did to this team and, and putting this team in the position that they find themselves in and they don't have their best pitcher – I mean, it just, it just infuriates me, and I know nobody talks about it because it's a taboo topic, but it just, I don't know, Blake, I've just got, if I were hardcore, man, I'd be really, really pissed about this. I, I think the thing that makes it even worse is the fact that the Dodgers gave him a chance. You know, something happened uh, four or five years ago, and the Dodgers, you know, he was suspended for 20 games, and the Dodgers, at that time, they could have cut ties. They could have ended things, and they said, you know what? We're going to give you a second chance. Uh, you're going to go to a, a year thing where you're going to get help and you're going to improve yourself. We're going to do what we can to help you. And the Dodgers gave him that chance. And, yeah, the fact that clearly he didn't learn from it. And, yeah, not only does he throw his career down the toilet, you know, he really screws the team over because this is the guy that they were counting on big time to be that reliable guy. And what he did was selfish. And, yeah, hopefully, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot to come out. Hopefully the girl that was involved, hopefully everything's great with her. Hopefully she's able to recover and she's going to be in a better space moving forward. But, yeah, just a really selfish thing that happened that uh, really just screwed over the Dodgers after what they did for him five years ago, giving him that second chance. Yeah, I mean, there's no awkward, there's no uh, way to transition to a question about the Dodgers that isn't awkward, but do it anyway. <laughs> 
how how much of a letdown if if any was there for the team that Walker Bueller isn't going to be available like had had they had they been holding out hope that he'd be a possibility yeah, I think it was a letdown because, you know, obviously he was rehabbing in the minors. It sounded like he was going to be able to come back at some point in September and contribute. Now, he wasn't going to be coming back and giving you starts of six and seven innings, but it sounded like he would have been able to give them three or four innings, which would have been really valuable. So I, I, it was disappointing that they obviously decided to shut him down, but it sounds like it was Walker's decision. He felt like it just wasn't the smartest move for him, which I totally agree with. I mean, you have to think big picture here, which is 2024. The last thing you want is for Walker Bueller to be rushed back and he re-injures his arm and potentially never pitches again. So, yeah, I think the Dodgers are a little bit bummed. But, again, I, I don't think they were realistically expecting him to contribute at any point this year. It was kind of like if he gets back, it's just like bonus money. But, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing because there was that glimmer of hope that, they, hey, they also he's just actually going to be back in a couple weeks. They also just need options. Like, just even if, he's, <laughs> yeah. even if he was available as a bullpen yeah. option – for two or three yeah. innings, that would matter. Yeah, it's like an arm. It's like you're walking on the street and you see like one of those Craigslist things where you you know pull up a phone number for like guitar lessons. It's like that's what the Dodgers are doing with pitching. Like, hey, can you throw? Well, call this number and sign us up back to the stage they're at. So, like you said, yeah, even the fact that this could have been a guy that gives them three innings out of the bullpen or to start, that, that would have been massive. So, yeah, it, it is disappointing, you know, for Walker Buehler and the Dodgers especially. Yeah, and, and hey, earlier we were talking about Bill Plaschke today in the L.A. Times writes this column that it's a slam dunk. It should be no question whatsoever that Mookie Betts should be the MVP. And that all these numbers say that he had the better year than Ronald Acuna. You tell us, is it really that obvious that Mookie deserves to be MVP over Acuna? I think it's a lot of homerism. By the way, I get it. I'm not. I'm not even knocking it. I. I actually applaud it. So, what do you say, Blake? Is it blatantly obvious that that Mookie deserves MVP over Acuna? Yeah, I don't think it's obvious. I think there are four guys in the National League that you can honestly make a separate case for for MVP. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Mookie Betts, I mean, the main categories, the advanced uh, categories that people like to look at, war. What is your value to a team? Well, Mookie Betts has the highest war in the National League. WRC+, Plus, which is a very advanced analytical tool that pretty much determines how good of a hitter you are. Mookie Betts leads at that. And the one thing I will say on this, guys, I know a lot of people like to talk about Ronald Acuna and all the stolen bases he has. BaseballSavant.com, which is a great baseball website for a lot of fans, they have this new feature where they pretty much tell you your value as a hitter, your value as a fielder, and your value as a base runner. Both Mookie and Acuna are tied for value as a hitter. Mookie has the edge when it comes to fielding. And both players are tied in their value as a base runner. So although Acuna has 60-plus stolen bases, the advanced metrics say he's tied with Mookie when it comes to true value. So they're tied when it comes to hitting, tied when it comes to base running, but Mookie has the edge in fielding. So if you want to look at that, uh, I think that should give him the slight edge. You know, you know, Blake, I, we were talking earlier about Urias, and I know I kind of steered out of that, but then a thought occurred to me that I wanted to ask you about with Urias. You mentioned how they'd given him a second chance because he had had a domestic violence incident several years before, and on the heels of what ended up happening now with with Urias and I'm blanking I'm all of a sudden blanking on his name uh suspend he was away from the team um with the pitcher the pitcher yes from last year Trevor Bauer thank you yeah Uh, with Trevor Bauer and now the second incident with Julio Urias have you gotten a sense that the Dodgers as an organization are reevaluating like 
risk reward or just like the idea of the character, how much it matters, even if the talent is there? Because this, I mean, beyond how horrific the accusations are with both of them, this has been really difficult for the organization. They've put themselves in bad positions over it. Yeah, and it's tough for the Dodgers. I know they get a lot of bad flack for this, but you have to remember this is a team that five or six years ago, they had agreed to acquire Aroldis Chapman from the Reds, and a domestic violence thing came out, and they immediately backed out. This yes. is a team that yes. has stood against this for so long. And I, again, with Trevor Bauer, I know he had a bunch of question marks, you know, with what he The red flags were there with Trevor Bauer, yeah. period. Yeah, and, but I, I, I still don't think the Dodgers were expecting what ended up happening. And the same thing with Julio. I mean, I, I believe everyone deserves a second chance in regards to everything, and I, I have no problem with the Dodgers giving him the second chance. And I think they believed after seeing, you know, the last couple of years, maybe behind closed doors, they had a better understanding. They, they probably believed, hey, this, this guy is a better person. He has changed. I, I don't think that they were expecting, again, we don't have like the full details, but I don't think they were expecting what went down a week ago to, to happen because you don't expect that out of any of the guys on your team. You expect them to all be stand up, you know, decent human beings, but clearly uh, that wasn't the case for one of the guys. So I, I don't blame the Dodgers for giving him a second chance because I think a lot of other teams, I mean, hell, we've seen it, you know, across Major League Baseball. There have been guys that have done some very bad things yeah. that are still employed by Major League Baseball teams. So, yeah, I, I don't think the Dodgers should, you know, get really any flack for this. And I thought so far up to this point, they've handled the whole situation perfectly. Hey, Blake, we got to hustle, but I want to just ask you one last thing. You mentioned Kyle Hurt earlier, and you also said that the Dodgers are going to audition arms over the next couple of weeks. I watched this kid in high school from the time he was probably 15, 16 years old, watch him on a CIF championship, kept up with his career when he went to USC and he spent three years, and have watched him you know, now make his way to the major leagues. I don't know if Hurt was a starter in the minors or if he was always a guy that came out of the bullpen. Is there any chance that he could possibly be more than a, than a, than a bullpen arm? Yeah, uh, this is a guy, he did start a lot in the minors. I mean, more, most of his outings in Syria came as a starter. So I think the Dodgers just wanted to try him out out of the bullpen. For some reason, they decided to send him down yesterday. I want to see them give him a few more opportunities because he had the highest strikeout rate of any pitcher in the minors, which is pretty crazy. See what he could do these next couple of weeks because who knows, maybe he could, uh, maybe he could be a guy that comes a really, really reliable option in October. Yeah, Blake Harris, our Dodger insider at Blake h harris on twitter and blake will send everybody who wants to read all your stuff on substack you can find blake by searching blake harris on substack blake great to be with you man and i will talk to you next week hey i always appreciate the time guys both of you have great weekends over there right on thanks Blake. there you go blake harris we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. No Sedano tonight. He's calling a football game. University of Miami, number 22 in the country on Thursday Night Football, taking on Bethune-Cookman. It is 34-0, Miami in the lead with 9.47 to go in the third quarter. I texted Sedano at halftime, and I said, man, oh, man, this game, terrible. He writes back, I'm the blowout king. (laughs) I come to your town, you win big. There you go. I like that. And on Thursday Night Football right now, 21 seconds to go here in the second quarter. Philadelphia 10, 
Minnesota 7. And so we got ourselves a ball game on Thursday Night Football, although Philly's got the ball. Like I said, 21 seconds to go. They're on their own 45-yard line and driving and trying to get a score before the end of the first half. All right, Tyler, we ready for a little big deal or no deal? Yeah, let's get it. All right, so Stetson Bennett, who's the backup quarterback for Rams, Matthew Stafford, uh, who's followed by Brett Rippon. Uh, Stetson Bennett earlier this week, I believe it was Tuesday, was put on the NFI list, which is the non-football-related injury list. Now, Sean McVay joined Mason in Ireland, and when asked about it, the only thing that he was willing to disclose was that he's on the non-football-related injury list. That's it. He wouldn't say what's going on with him. He wouldn't say whether this injury will have him out for a while. We don't really know what's going on with Stetson Bennett. The only thing that we know that we've made aware of is that he cannot play football currently. So, is it a big deal or is it no deal that the Rams aren't disclosing what's going on with him? Andy, what do you say, man? It Here's the answer. It's big deal or no deal depending on how good you think the Rams can be this year. Before they won week one, because I know I thought they were going to lose in, on the road in Seattle to open the season. Same. I would have said no big deal because mm-hmm. what difference does it make? They're not going to be good anyway. So in that sense, who cares if it's Stafford or Ripien or whoever? They're not going to be good. But if you buy into what you saw in week one and think that this team actually is talented enough to hold down the fort until Cooper Cup gets back, if, say, Stafford, let's say he hurts himself and misses a half and you need to have a backup who can win you a half of football, then it becomes a big deal if you think Bennett is better than Ripien. What about yeah, you, gonna, Cap? Do you think it's a big deal? I, I'm going to go big deal for a completely different reason. So when you don't tell us what the situation is, and listen, you, some of you guys might be listening right now going, why don't you mind your own business? It's, it's none of your damn business. Um, okay, maybe it's not. I, don't, I didn't expect Stetson Bennett to play this year. Didn't even know for sure if he would be the number two quarterback. Don't have any expectation that he'll make any sort of a contribution to this year's Rams team. But, I mean, it does kind of seem weird and odd. And and listen, you know, the first thing I think of is, well, they're not going to tell me anything, so I just start making things up. Like, what's going on? What's wrong with them? What happened? You know? And then I just have, like, my own answers in my own head, and then I don't know what's right, what's wrong. I just – I listen – it may be none of our business. It may be a health concern. It may be a personal problem. It could be mental health. It could be something in his family. It could be COVID. It could be uh, something. Who knows? But you're but, saying. But you want to know. But because I don't know and because they won't tell me, that makes me feel like, like something's weird's going on. You yeah, know? I agree. I agree. Mm. Well, what do you think, Laura? No, I agree with you. I mean, don't you feel like. It's fishy. Like, I ag- just- Listen, Cap, I rarely say that very confidently. <laughs> I agree with you because if it's if it was and again, you're right. We don't have any right to know. And they did answer the question, not the way we would have liked it, but they did answer the question. So I get that. But if it's something, you know, personal, you know, it's a personal matter like it could have. And that would have shut it yeah, down. Right. If they would have just said, hey, it's a personal matter. Right. By the way, uh, Philadelphia at the end of this first half has taken a 13 to 7 lead over Minnesota and Philly's kicker hit a 62 yard knuckleball wow. field Whoa. goal. I mean knuckleball. This thing was low. It didn't have really nice rotation, but my man cranked this thing right 
down the pipes. And he 61 goes, yards, I'm seeing. Oh, is that they're calling it 61? 61 yards for Jake Elliott. Wow, dude. Not I mean, shabby. bomb, dude. Bomb. Good for him. Yeah. And good for Philly. Nice. Right on. Good for anyone who had him on their fantasy team. Yeah, no kidding. The, the line tonight in this game was Philly by six. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to touch that one. Mm. And right now it's Philly by six, right? That's right. All right. Laura, what you got? All right. So earlier today, I walked over to Starbucks and took producer Tyler with me because Mm -hmm. they have a buy one, get one free drink. Mm. I've Yes. I've never been a pumpkin spice, latte, pumpkin spice, anything kind of person. They've been doing this forever. It's huge. Starbucks. Anybody goes crazy, right? All these people have it now. I just never been a fan of it. But I was like, you know what? Screw it. You buy one, you get one. Tyler, let me hook you up with a drink. Let's go grab one. So I, for the first time, tried the pumpkin spice latte. I hated that (gasps) thing. So gross. I don't know whose reaction that was. It was me. Oh, yeah. Apparently, this freak in back of me here loves pumpkin spice. Yes. And I I posted a video about... About not that, not that way. I don't oh. know about that. You know, he's married. Maybe his wife knows. But oh, she knows. Oh, she's dragging her <laughs> into this. Oh, oh, well, well, someone slid it. Speaking Hold on. of which, someone slid into my DMs. I posted a video about how it was my first time, and I didn't like the drink. So my question to you guys was: Is it a big deal or no deal that it's the first time I tried this drink and that I didn't like it? So, <laughs> Andy, I'm gonna go with you. I mean, it, it feels in the grand scheme of things, no big deal. People is this hate a bigger deal than Stetson Bennett Look, being on the NFL? I think it is a stretch to call this a big deal. Speaking of which, we are partnering with our friends at Stretch Lab <laughs> oh, this for is a social this media is giveaway. Uh, go to our Instagram page, at ESPN Los Angeles, and enter now. Oh, it's man. the pinned video on our page of Mace getting stretched out. I can tell you right now. Unlike anybody getting a pumpkin spice latte, nobody regrets getting anything oh, from the stretch now. Right. No, no, nobody. Not. You get a pumpkin you. spice stretch, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they could make pumpkin stretch work. These people are I'm, such geniuses. I'm here for a pumpkin spice stretch. So I've also never had any of the pumpkin Good, spice don't do it. Um, things at Starbucks. Just I'm just a it. creature of habit. I walk mm-hmm. in, I get the same thing. By the way, I never go to Starbucks ever. Ever. But if I did, I would walk in, I get the exact same thing. Because when I'm over at the East Central, I use the coffee bar on the second ooh, floor at the ooh. East Central, and they make me a vanilla latte. Ooh, okay, nice. but nice. So I get the same thing no matter where I go. But when the pumpkin spice stuff shows up in Trader Joe's, my 16-year-old uh, daughter goes mm. nuts, and everything becomes pumpkin so spice. So good. And my she brings it home, mm-hmm. and, and, and she did all the shopping, so I don't really have a, a lot to complain about because I didn't have to go do it. And all this pumpkin spice stuff that she brings home from Trader Joe's is all bomb. Really? Bomb. My, oh, it, it's so good. So my best friend whose birthday is today, he's huge on pumpkins. I mean, he is like, he, you and uh, him and, you and him, Tyler, would be besties, okay? Like, just, and obviously, Cappy's daughter. But the reason why is because I got chewed up on the DMs about how I don't like this thing. And uh, Miss Whitman, Tyler's wife, slid the into misses. my- in my DMs and sent, yes, my husband is very weird. Ha ha. 
I make fun of his pumpkin spice obsession all the time. So I'm like, well, at least I got one positive person, you know. Okay, so then Starbucks up. must have really screwed up this pumpkin spice thing. If even Tyler doesn't like it. No, 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 no his the wife pumpkin doesn't spice like was good. It. Oh, I you had a did pumpkin, like it. I had the pumpkin cream cold brew, which now is my go-to because Ew. it's much more coffee mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you didn't like it. No, his no, wife I'm, I'm sent uh, slid kind of into my DMs and said she that he's- slid all up in them DMs. Yeah, that he's weird for being and that And my brother-in-law slid into my DMs and said that pumpkin spice is trash. See? Okay, so then- Stop wow. coming at me, people. Well, they're coming at you privately. Just close your DMs. I mean, there you go. <laughs> Feels My like DMs people on Twitter are, really are closed. All right, I okay. want the record to show the pumpkin spice is delicious. And it's with gross. that being said, mm-hmm. after locking up their sixth straight National League East title in Philadelphia on Wednesday, Phillies manager Rob Thompson took issue with the team's celebrations. Quote, I like our guys to act like they've been there before. End quote, which appeared to be a shot at the Braves and their home run celebrations. Well, Ronald Acuna Jr. wasn't too thrilled with Thompson's complaint, responding with this in all caps. If you don't like it, stop it. If you can't stop it, admire it. If you can't admire it, keep it down so everyone else can enjoy the show. He shared that on what I like to still refer to as Twitter, but he shared that on X. So do you find player celebrations on the field when they do something exciting, a big deal or no deal? Cappy, I'm coming to you first. Um, I just want to get a point of information here. What did the what did the Phillies celebrate? No, no, no. The Braves celebrated after defeating Philadelphia okay, to gosh. claim the National League East title. Okay, because I was I was I misunderstood. So then no, I got so you. then the Braves celebrated on the Phillies field so the Braves celebrated their home runs you know that's what that's yeah. what players Ronald Acuna Jr. is like one of the leading he's like yeah. leading the charge for this wear your emotions on your sleeve get right. excited get pumped about hitting a home run and yeah. doing something special mm-hmm. so he's kind of been Mr. Spectacle for at least the last two years okay and basically what happened was after Atlanta beat Philadelphia to claim the National League East yeah Rob Thompson who's the uh, manager of the Phillies basically came out and said nah, I don't like it yeah, um, I have no problem with it. I'm actually in the new school of I like bat flips. I like standing there staring. Um, I like emotion. I like the Caribbean uh, swag that, that a lot of these young guys have brought to baseball. So I'm not a baseball purist. I'm not a traditionalist. I like the new school. So I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not down with Philadelphia's manager. He's just upset because they're celebrating on his home field right in front of his face. Yeah, it's the same thing that happened with the Diamondbacks when the Dodgers took a swim in their pool. What's that you, Andy? Okay, not only do I have zero problem with this, baseball is such a long slog of a season. I feel like you've earned the right to celebrate any milestone in Agreed. the season. It's so long. Yeah. So, no, and, and it's not like it's unusual for a team to celebrate clinching their division. It happens all the time. So, like, the idea of act like you've been there before, this is what every team does. Right. They always do this. They celebrate after, if they win one round in the playoffs, they do the champagne and the beer, yep. spraying it around. Like, this this is baseball culture. And, like, it's been going on a long time. And as a fan, I want to see the guys in the team that I'm rooting for get hyped. Because if anything, it's going to make me more excited to watch them you know, yeah. be excited to like, play. I, there is no get off my lawn with this because it's right. been going on a long time. It's just You're mad that they did it at your team's expense. So. Yep. That is absolutely true. And uh, that is big deal or no deal here on Sedano and Cap. ACAM is in for Sedano. Sedano is calling one of the most boring college football <laughs> games in the history of college football. Yeah. It's 41 nothing Miami over Bethune-Cookman. And my man is sitting down there trying to figure out what he's going to talk about for the rest of the third quarter and deep into the fourth quarter. 
All right, Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. Andy Kamenetsky always does a great job when he fills in for Sedano. Sedano. And this is our final segment tune. Little Bob Seger. We're getting ready to head out into those Hollywood nights. And we're getting ready for Andy. All right, so... He's got dealer's choice. There you go. I just wanted to hit the post. You know, Chris always hits the post. I never hit the post. I usually talk over hitting the post. It was a little rough, but you did yeah. it. it no, I didn't rough. get to it. I wanted to get the dealer's choice before Bob Seger started singing, but I didn't. It's all right. A little rough. But you got, you, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. All right. It wasn't still terrible. sounded good. It sounded very dramatic. There was, was a build. Right. It was yeah. a lot of pauses. <laughs> I know. There was a lot of pauses. All right. So Gian, Giannis Antetokounmpo has mm-hmm. now for the second time in a few weeks, this was on, I believe it's called the 48 Minutes Podcast broached the idea of what it would take for him to potentially leave the Milwaukee Bucks and join a different team. For people unaware, Giannis is under team control with his contract for this coming season, the 24-25, and then 25-26 is a player option. So from the Bucks' perspective, he's under two years of team control, but one that could be theoretically a walk year. He has already said he's not signing an extension right now, which wouldn't make much economic sense, but he's got the opportunity to sign one this coming offseason. And what would be the conditions that would leave Giannis to potentially leave? He talked about it. We play and we approach the game every single day the right way, and we all sacrifice for a common goal. I can see myself being in Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of my career, but the moment I feel like people are not committed as a, as as I am to get that uh, golden pin in the back, I, I I am not. You know, I am I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. I want to win, and uh, I have to do whatever it takes for me to win. And if there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I, I have to take that better situation. Here's what I think is really interesting about this, Cappy. Like I said, this is the second time in a few weeks that Giannis has brought this up, the idea of needing to see full commitment, everybody on the same page in Milwaukee. The Bucks just re-signed Brooke Lopez for a fair amount of money, Chris mm-hmm. Middleton for a fair amount of money. Mm-hmm. They brought in a brand-new coach. They've done all the things that, if nothing else, would make you think we are in win-now mode, we are committed, we are spending, they're doing all that. This makes me feel like, if nothing else, Giannis is weighing the idea of just wanting to be somewhere else, like just wanting to be in a different setting, see what somewhere else is like, but he doesn't want to be the bad guy. Like Giannis has a great, likable, nice guy image. So I think he's starting to just lay down the idea of what it's not me, it's them would look like. Just like floating the idea of, you know, why I would need to leave as opposed to wanting to leave. You know what I mean? I do. Um, slightly different interpretation, which would be this. Um, okay, everybody, I'm a winner. I want to be a winner, and I'm going to expect everybody in the organization, the owner, the general manager, the coach, and every player that they bring in, I'm going to expect everybody to have the exact same goal that I have, and that is to win. And if at any point... You know, the organization sh- says to me, or or their actions say to me, that they're not about winning, I'm gone. So I'm giving you your fair warning, but by the same token, what I'm also doing is I'm saying, 
make sure we have the right people, make sure I have an opinion about who those right people are, and then pay me. And, I mean, look, I'm not some expert when it comes to uh, NBA contracts, but um, it just kind of all sounds like, on one hand, it could be a setup for I'm leaving, and on the other hand, it could be a setup for I'm staying, but things have to be done the way I want them done. Well, again, so far they seem to always be doing everything Giannis wants, and I, I don't mean that like Giannis is doing anything wrong, or you know he's you know legi- you know the Milwaukee version of LeGM or anything like that. I'm just saying they clearly are trying to do everything they possibly can to make Giannis happy. I will also note too, Cappy, just throwing this around because it got me thinking. Because like I said, Giannis, he he's under contract this coming season. Mm-hmm. Then for 24-25, 25-26, he has a player option. So if he doesn't sign an extension this coming offseason, the Bucks would have to treat 24-25 as a potential walk year. And they would have to think about trading Giannis because losing him for nothing would be a disaster. Giannis, that season that could be his walk year, makes 48 mil and change. Rui Hachimura... Austin Reeves and an opted-in D'Angelo Russell also make 48 and change. Just throwing that out there, Cappy. Just something I, I noticed. ask your question, though. Why, sure. why, why is it that every time there is some star athlete that that is talking about potentially leaving the team that they're with, we all immediately jump to a conclusion that, you know what, Lakers? Lakers exceptionalism, baby. That's why. Yeah. That's I mean, the reason. But it's not just Lakers exceptionalism. It's it's all sports in L.A. I mean, listen, Otani. Oh, oh, hey, Otani, he's done. He's done with the Angels. He's not even around the team anymore. They got some white guy filling in with him uh, on the team picture. He's not even around anymore. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? He's coming to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Automatic, done deal, Dodgers. Why do we do that? It's L.A., baby. Because it's fun. Yeah. Well, here's the difference, too. Like, with the Dodgers... I don't. I actually don't always think with the Dodgers it's a done deal. They're going to get every big name because baseball culturally, you know, as far as the players involved in it, I don't think they're all wild about L.A. Like we've already seen some high-profile players that weren't wild at the prospect of playing in L.A. NBA players, though, I think generally speaking, love the idea of being in L.A. Love the idea of being a Laker. I think that's the really big difference. Like. With the Dodgers, a lot of this, I think, can just be you're assuming because it's L.A. With the Lakers, I think you at least have a reason for assuming it. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're if you're Giannis, is that really is that really what he's saying? Hey, um, you know, I'm giving you guys fair warning. I'm eventually leaving to go play for the Lakers. Right. Well, it's not even that he's going to play for the Lakers. I just think it's interesting that he has brought this up now a couple times, already knowing how people reacted the first time. So if he didn't want that type of reaction, you don't bring it up again. He's gone out of his way to bring it up again. So there's got to be a reason. But like I said, the Bucks, to my – I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of what happens inside the organization, but it doesn't seem to me like they've been doing anything that would lead him to think they're not committed. Maybe he thinks this group has basically – they've cashed everything they can from this group and they're not going to be able to rebuild in a way that makes him happy. And that keeps him contending. But it's hard to say that the Bucks, as an organization, have not been committed to Giannis. Yeah. Um, I just I just love how we all immediately jump to a conclusion. It's fun. He, if he leaves Milwaukee, there's only one place for him to go. Wouldn't he and AD look great together? No. 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 
Come on, give me a break. Two years from now? It looks... You try scoring on that. Come on. What are you... Two years from now? Come on. We can't count on AD two years from now. That's why you bring in Giannis. Well, yeah, but that's why I'm saying I don't see those guys playing together. Well, them and, you know... Austin Reed, well, he's traded for Giannis in my scenario. <laughs> <laughs> you already traded him, Andy. Well, Max Christie, he's your third star. There you yeah. go. Yeah. My man Sedano is calling a football game. It's like 41 nothing as it's going into the fourth quarter. I'm actually going to tune in now because I want to hear him vamp. Yeah. I do. Hey, great job, Andy Kamenetsky. Thanks, Great man. job today, Laura. Hey, Tyler, thanks for filling in for Lindsay Baseball. And thanks to the Circle of Trust and everybody for tuning in. We are back tomorrow to finish up the week strong. Peace out, everybody.